Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right, take two. It's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. Oh, did we do another show? I missed it. Well, we've done this one a few times already. Really? Yeah. I missed that one, too. <laughs> Believe me, we know, pal. <laughs> we know. <laughs> hey, welcome into the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs, and tonight's show is brought to you by Butcher Box. Get 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork delivered to your door each month for less than $6.50 per meal. Visit arenasportsnet.com and click on the ButcherBox logo and start your monthly order today. Also brought to you by Cleaver Supplements, pure supplements for when genetics are not enough. Visit cleaversupplements.com for more information. And if you click on the Cleaver Supplements logo on the Arena Sports Network site, there's a discount waiting for you. Well, you better get on that. You better believe Because it. you know your genetics are hurting, so call up Cleaver Supplements and get yourself a little I know your genetics are lacking. Yeah, they're, they're pummeled. They're pummeled. There's not no the, question about that. Not to slight that. your parents, but somewhere along the line. They're, they're a little bit nubs. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They're good, 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 honest folk. But, yeah, yeah, they didn't give me a lot to work with here. All right, so here we go. Week 12. It, it's playoff time, brother, right? This is win or end. We're going to talk about that in the last segment, Yes, Rick, we will. Because you're – and I think in this situation, I'm not. I'm just in the spoiler role in the League of Consequence, but want to see what it is. So what do you want to do? Do we want to talk about the week that was, the week that is, or continue our enthralling Bon Jovi conversation we had before we got on the air? Well, I mean, I don't know really how much more we can talk about Bon Jovi. Well, less um, Bon Jovi, but you and if for, for the listeners out there who've been asking, and they've been asking, Horatio is back in studio for one week anyhow. I believe he's taking taking another week off. You could at least off. say hi to the audience. And uh, how do you do? So, But he's going to take himself another week off. But the two of you clowns who are have buddied up to attack the, the the great one that I am in trying to tell I finally admitted to watching a movie I watched both the young guns movies enjoyed them greatly and the blaze of glory song and you you two attacked me like ferocious no, dogs no, no, and I no. think you both should be I drawn that, and quartered quite frankly yeah Cletus did we attack him I wouldn't say attack no not one not whatsoever this is a good song don't get me wrong and it, and it fit it. in with the movie wonderfully um you know, one of my favorite parts of Young Guns movie is when Brian Keith, that old bounty hunter looking guy with all the furs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of a sudden they're just kind of standing there trying. All the, they got all this firepower and they're standing there trying to figure out what he's doing. All of a sudden, let's get her started. <laughs> and they just like, you know, just scatter like ants in a pig. They didn't know what to do. The main part that sticks is me at the shootout in the outhouse. You know, I think it's right. just as dumb as I am. There'd be the fact that he's in an outhouse made it funny. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the lowest kind common of a denominator. Dumb place to hide, wouldn't you think? Well, Billy the Kid. He happened gets it done. Tombstone. But that wasn't Billy the Kid. It happened in Tombstone? Kind of. That what that's kind of what sparked a gunfight. Somebody came out of the outhouse and it was bang bang. I've been behind a few guys coming out of outhouses that deserve to be shot as well. So that I can understand. That's true. I fully get that. All right, well, maybe we should talk a little football here, huh? Quick interjection. Oh, um, please. I come back, and it's right back to Westerns. I like it. Yeah, I don't know what that is, how we get there all the time. Because Westerns are cool. Well, those two are, the two young guns. Trust me, there are much better ones out there. They, if you would take a little time, trust us. I, we're not steering you wrong. I, I'm gonna. You would enjoy yourself. I'm going for a stretch here, but Quick in the Dead. Never even heard of it. Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman. Yeah. 
back when Sharon Stone was hot and she was flashing everything all the time. What was that movie? I just saw that part a few times. Basic Instinct? Yeah. Is that it? See. Yeah, that that was part of my coming of age, you know, if you know Sharon what I mean. Sharon Stone's from Crawford County, just north of yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, Meadville or yeah, something, Yeah, up around it? the Meadville around area, yes, yeah, I wish indeed. I'd have run into her before she went Hey, Hollywood. Meadville. What? I said, hey, Meadville, shout out. Oh, you yeah. from Meadville? No, not even close. Oh, he just wants to shout out. All right, shout out to me. Not that far away. Stone, come on. She's probably an old hag now, isn't she? I got to imagine. She's still getting it done? Nice. I'm going to check her. I'm going to Googleize that later on when you're talking about some nonsense and boring me. Anyhow, let's get into football here, Richard. Okay, I'll start talking football. You'll be bored because when (laughs) I talk logically, you're just out there and you have no clue. What you consider logically, most people consider the rantings of a madman. No, let's – Oh, oh yeah, still getting it done. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we've got uh, Horatio passing it around If I could continue to, to come of age there. Yeah. But let's uh, you know pat ourselves on the back. Both of us fourteen. Fourteen and two, and two on the predictions wow. on the inside slant. If you're betting with the asylum, you are making money on those money line parlays, buddy. I believe the only ones I missed were I didn't have Green Bay winning. That one still stuns me, and I don't think anybody. How many? Raise your hand if you had Tampa over Seattle. We're going to talk about that game here a little bit later as well, Ray. Right, and the only ones I missed was like you, Tampa Bay, and I missed the uh, Kansas City Denver one. Uh, which went to overtime. Yeah, so went was, to the uh, last second, yeah. a bank shot in overtime. <laughs> really, no doubt. And on the Sunday, and I, Rick, I knew better, and I got enthralled in it. That's been the probably the best NFL game of the season, just beginning to end. It really was. Yeah. And I got enthralled in it the night before rifle deer season starts here in western Pennsylvania, which if you're not from Pennsylvania, you, you don't understand. It is a holiday ranked slightly ahead of Christmas here in Pennsylvania. And it's the only week, two weeks of the year I get up before 8.30. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I stuck with every single snap of that game, Rick. I, I'm still dragging from Sunday night and getting up three and a half hours later on Monday. And to let you know about that Monday, if by chance you have to work on that day. Oh, I'd refuse. Well, no, I'm just saying people, some people do, which I had to because of, of health issues and I had to open the store. Heroin addicts in withdrawal. Yeah. I mean, it's a vacation. I picture you to that. sitting there sobbing for a brief period. Of I time. was very angry that day. Well, you're angry every day. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm very happy from what you see me. I was very angry that day. Well, as you should be. I mean, yes, that just makes I no was. sense. That's so you just bored the doors shut and head to the woods, buddy. You know, the old gone fishing sign, right? We we'll be back tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, maybe. All, All right, right. Well, let's get into a few of the headlines here, Rick. I think this is a big deal. Now, he's going to play, and I understand this. But Tom Brady missing practice this week already dealing with that knee injury. Look, he's going to play. He's going to be questionable, but he will play. Is it just me, Rick? Do they look vulnerable? Does he look vulnerable? Even in blowing out San Francisco two weeks ago, I wasn't impressed. They didn't blow me away. But, all right, you go all the way out to San Francisco. You're playing a JV team. Maybe – it's rare for a Belichick and Brady team to not get up for a game, but maybe they didn't. In the end, they blew them out anyhow. And then you come back and you take on the Jets. And I know it's a big rivalry, but the Jets are just terrible. And you let them hang right to the bitter end. He Just, just something, just the eye test when you look at Tom Brady. What we saw when he first came back in week five, the last three or four weeks, the, 
their defense is vulnerable, I think. Gronk can't stay healthy. We're going to talk about that here later on in the segment. But Tom Brady, he's still Tom Brady, but it just looks a half a tick off to me. He really does. These Patriots don't look so daunting to me right now. I, I just tend to disagree. I mean, I look at last week against the Jets. It's a it's a rivalry game. It's a division game. And look, I don't care how bad they are, except maybe Cleveland. They, they just don't seem to. But Cleveland actually has been playing fairly competitive within the division this year, especially. 286 and two touchdowns against the Jets. 280 and four touchdowns against the 49ers. He had 316 yards against Seattle. This is all. This is the three games since the bye. I I just don't see much to uh, argue about. I mean, they're playing good football. They got the Rams coming up. Then they have the Ravens. Then they go to Denver. Yeah, maybe at Denver we'll see something. But I'll tell you what. This team, to me, Gronk is a big loss. There's no question yeah. about that. There, there, there's no question. But Brady's Brady. I think he's fine. See, I don't think he is. There, there's some of those games where, where you say 280, and generally that's really good, but not for Tom Brady against the San Francisco 49ers. And you know what I noticed, Rick? Do you remember when he first came back from the knee injury? What was that? Hell, we got to be going on 10 years ago now, right? Nah, not quite. Pretty close, though. More than five years ago. The year he came back from that, and the way teams beat him was you got pressure on him, and you messed around down around his feet, right? He he was skittish. He oh, yeah. You could get him nervous there, and that's how teams ultimately beat them and really, frankly, kept them from winning four or five Super Bowls in a row right there. He looks that way again. He He's not – I don't want to say it's going away, although he is 39 years old, and you talk about – one day, and it's not a gradual decline with NFL players, one day it just rolls off the table. I'm not saying that day is now. But he doesn't look healthy just, just to look at him. He, just, you just, he doesn't look like that unstoppable force that he I generally know. I looks mean, like. I think it's just maybe, to me, it's a more balanced team. Look, he had 318 yards or whatever it was against Seattle. No touchdowns. But LeGarrette Blunt had three rushing touchdowns. Against San Francisco, he only had the 286 yards, whatever it was, but LeGarrette Blunt ran for over 120 yards. He didn't have any rushing touchdowns, but Brady had four passing touchdowns. Right. It's kind of like, you know, they're balancing each other out. If you stop Blunt, Brady will kill you. You try to stop Brady, Blunt will kill you. And I just don't see a whole lot of weakness in this team, really. Well, yeah, the defense is a weakness. The defense isn't very good. What what I'm saying, just when you watch Tom Brady, the, the sniff test, yeah, they the given eye up test. Some points. I don't right. know if you've sat down and, and how much you've watched, but if you just sit down, I'm not saying. I mean, he's still the best quarterback in the league, and probably the best. I, I don't. I hate to say ever because everybody nowadays, whatever's happening now, is the best thing ever. Goat, but right, Goat. Well, whatever. Because you can put a stupid <laughs> emoji on it. Yeah, Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, well, that I like. Yeah. That I do like. But he's certainly going to be on the list, pal. (laughs) You just made the list. That's a funny gimmick. I don't care what anybody says. That's funny. That's just funny. It is funny. (laughs) It is. It's stupid. How about AJ Styles beating up his little geek with his little turtle without a shell? Yeah, that's a good gimmick there. I like that they're going back to gimmicks in the vignettes, like the Bray Wyatt. How did we get there already? I don't what are we know. Oh, but anyhow, You're welcome. I don't want to say he's the greatest of all time, though he may be, but I think he's in the conversation, right? Do you know Rick? who Bray Wyatt is the son of? You've told me this a hundred times, and I can never remember. Mike Rotunda. Yeah, Rotunda. Yeah, he used to be Wall Street 
something. That guy. I love that Wyatt gimmick. It's like the Undertaker light, but a little creepy. It's a good bit. I like yeah. it. Waylon Mercy. Huh? Nobody remembers Waylon Mercy? I don't remember Waylon Mercy. Waylon Mercy was a pseudo-religious fanatic from the South. I like that gimmick. Okay. He had the, like cross tattooed on his forehead <laughs> um, but he didn't carve it into his head like charlie manson no okay no. but bray wyatt is a combination of undertaker meets Waylon mercy oh, there you go i'm gonna have to do the do the youtube on this Waylon mercy i think i'd be a fan same vignettes everything that's kind of like. like ambrose is the new uh uh brian pillman i can see that i'd never thought about that yeah. Boy, some good insight from horatio today <laughs> You know, because he's got to rest up for a month and think about it, <laughs> yeah. and then come back, and course, boy, he's all yeah, they's fire of ideas, man. but you know, for ten minutes, but... <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah, drink yeah, another. He's, he's going to have another beer and pass out. But you here. know what? There's no Roddy Piper anymore. No, there's no Ric Flair's anymore. No Dusty Rhodes's anymore. And quite frankly, that's a shame. Yeah, it's not. It's not what it was. No, it, it really isn't. But anyway, it's not even Stone Cold. It's not even the Attitude right. Era. It's, I kind of like the. I got into the Attitude Era for a little bit, and then it got so over the top it re- ran me out. But right. But it, it's fine. I enjoy it. My kids gotten into it, so I watch a lot of it. I'm actually going. I am sitting here praying on December 18th. On December 18th, the Steelers play Cincinnati on a Sunday night game. Right. It's going to be a very big game. Well, my daughter, all she wanted her birthday was Sunday. I, I think we said that on the slant. If not, happy birthday. Anyhow, all she wanted was there's a pay-per-view in Pittsburgh the night of the 18th. So I'm praying NBC flexes that out, or otherwise I'm going to be watching the Steeler game on my cell phone inside the, well, they changed the name, the PPG Paints Arena. What are they going to be well, showing? A, a wrestling match. Is that what you're saying? A pay-per-view? There's a pay-per-view okay. in Pittsburgh that night. Okay. So if they don't flex the Steeler game out, which I suspect they might because Cincinnati's terrible, I suspect they might flex out. If they don't, I'm going to have to watch the Steeler game on my cell phone at a WWE pay-per-view that I spent about a ridiculous amount of money to get tickets for. That's all the kid wanted because she's obsessed with this now. Hey, I have a niece that was uh, – she was really into Kevin Nash – and um, I forget the other one. It might have been The Undertaker, somebody like that, way back, you know, probably 15 years ago now. But, oh, yeah, that girls get into some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah. All right, let's try to get back to football. So we'll move off the Tom Brady thing, Rick. Derek Carr says there's going to be no lingering effects from that dislocated pinky. <laughs> Did you see that? Of course there's that, not. That was terrifying. Yeah, it I was. thought the season might be over. And the way they talk about him screaming with them trying to put it back in. He, he came back with that glove, and the ball was just as sharp. He looked good. I was real nervous because th- this Raiders team, Rick, can this Raiders team go into Gillette and beat them? Or actually right now, if they keep rolling the way they are, that game will be in Oakland. Right now, Oakland's the number one seed. So let, let's leave it. Can they beat the Patriots and make it to the Super Bowl? Can they make a playoff run? I know we talked about a few weeks ago we weren't buying it. You're getting to the point where you have to start buying it because they won't lose. It depends on Derek Carr and the offense. Right. Oh, yeah. We know the defense isn't no. going to stop him. No. But, yeah, in Oakland maybe, in Gillette no. The way so, they've traveled, though, they've been by far the best team on the road. Yeah, but you look at the opponents on the road. True, and, true. And, and that's the problem. It's not New England. No. and But, you know, I still think that they have to play at home to have a chance against New England. That's just my personal opinion. 
nothing really to base it on other than maybe the brand name Brady and so forth, you know, but, um, you know, they, you know, we, I think we talked about this before. They did win at new Orleans. They won at Tennessee. They did win at Baltimore by a point, um, at Jacksonville at Tampa, you know, of course, they're winning at home as well. So right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're winning. They're winning <laughs> right. all the games. I right. got all the games. But, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it, they're an intriguing team to watch. But that team goes as far as Derek Carr takes them. So. Well, it'll be interesting. We have um, a home game with Buffalo this week. Then they travel to Arrowhead. Then they go to San Diego. That's going to be a nice little test right there. Yeah, I mean, you probably got to get out of that 2-1 and one to maintain yeah. your, your standing in the AS. Look, they're going to the playoffs. But that game at Arrowhead, but that's one I want to want to see. Yeah, that's the 18th. That might maybe that'll be the flex game, and I I don't have to miss the Steeler game. It could be. But then I'm gonna have to watch that game at the at the pay per view because I want to see that game. What was I thinking doing anything on a Sunday Idiot. during the NFL season? All right, Rick Adrian Peterson back at practice, looking to come back. It won't be tonight, obviously, but could in the next week or two be back. Does he make any impact whatsoever to help push the the uh, Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs? <sighs> I don't know. He made no impact at the beginning of the season. McKinnon's made no impact. Osiata's made they no impact. They can't run the football. Well, they, you're missing two Pro Bowl. Well, exactly. You're, you're right. Linemen. But, I mean, Adrian Peterson, actually, I'd have to look it up. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he had worse yard per carry average oh, he was horrific than these other two. He was horrific before he got hurt. Yeah, exactly. The real story is, is there a human being on the planet that heals faster than Adrian Peterson? This is unimaginable to me. He he came back from an ACL in a week and a half, and now he's coming back from whatever this was in, in what amounts to an hour and a half. This guy is legit. We've joked about it. I think he may legitimately be some type of cyborg or something. He's not human. He's absolutely not human. He can't be. How does he heal this much faster than everyone else? I don't know. I, I have no idea. But, but as far as them make, him making an impact, he doesn't make him worse, anyhow. I'll, I'll tell you that. It doesn't make him any worse. And the thing is, when does he come back? I mean, they've got a pretty favorable schedule, if you think about it. They played Den- or Dallas this week. That's then, not tonight, favorable. At Jacksonville, at home against the Colts, at Green Bay, and then at home again against Chicago. It's not that bad. No, there's there's some wins there, and they're right in. There's a big gaggle of teams that I think Washington's the last Right now, the last team in the wild card at what six four and one or something. They got the they got the tie, and there's a bunch of teams a game game and a half behind them. And Minnesota is one of those teams, although they lost to Washington, so yeah, it's going to be a pretty steep climb. Look, they're, they're still boasting the third ranked defense in the league, but but their offense is horrifying. It's the it's the last in in the league in rushing, obviously seventy one yards a game. They're like 24th in passing. Sam Bradford. He stinks. Yeah, I mean, As good as he was in his first five games, he's been that bad these last ten games or eight games, whatever yeah, it's been. Yeah, he's just nothing Just not, nothing outstanding. There's, there's nothing that you can – He's just really, really average is what he is. Yeah, I mean, really, we've seen really teams average. that couldn't run the football. Right. New Orleans at times, but Drew Brees takes them to new heights passing the football – Bradford doesn't do that. He passed for 200, 230 yards a game. How about Drew Brees? This guy gets better 
every oh, year. The older he gets. What we he did last week. Brady. What did he do? He threw for four and ran one, or did he run for throw for three and run one? I think he threw for four and had a rushing touchdown. This guy's just ridiculous. And the emergence of Michael Thomas, we're going to talk about that in takeaways. I don't want to go too far down that, Rich. Let's finish this up. Rick Jordan Reed dealing with a sprained AC joint. This is really bad for me on the one team I have left in a money league that's in true playoff contention, my centerpiece being Jordan Reed. Dealing with this AC joint, questionable for Sunday, but I think it's the doubtful side of questionable, the way you read everything. This guy could be a Hall of Famer. He really could, but he just can't stay on the field. I'm glad it's not the concussions anymore, right? That scene, well, we had one earlier in the year, but not dealing with that week over week, but it's just always something. When he's on the field, he's a bet. I'd take and that's the thing. I don't want to say this. I'd take him over Gronk, but he's one B to Gronk's one A in this league when he's healthy. And Gronk's getting to be the same well, way. You that's can't the depend next, on him as well. That's the but next thing I have. I, I'll be honest with you. I'll take Greg Olson over these guys. Unfortunately, he's been really quiet. Unfortunately, with Cam Newton, you can't really expect anything much from Greg Olson lately. He's been bad. But yeah, it doesn't bode well for. Uh, Washington going traveling to Arizona. Look, Arizona hasn't been anything spectacular this year, but they're traveling west, and now you're losing basically your biggest weapon. Boy, I tell you, that's tough. Although I'll tell you what, in any other circumstance, they've had where he's missed time. Vernon Davis has stepped up and had a really big impact. Yeah, he has. And uh, the guy is uh, – He's big. He's he's pretty fast. He's got great hands. And we saw a lot. He made Kirk uh, Colin Kaepernick's year that one year. They, they Oh, in went, that playoff run when they went to the Super Bowl. It right. was all Vernon Davis in the playoffs. Exactly. And this guy has all the talent in the world, so you don't lose a ton with him. But I think you lose some of the chemistry. Oh, no the doubt. Cousins uh, I'm not comparing them to Jordan has. Reed. Exactly. It's, a, it's a big loss. Right. But I don't think it cripples their offense. No. Now, it hurts them, especially going on the road into Arizona. As bad as Arizona and Carson Palmer have been, the defense is still playing fairly well, right. if not really well. They may be – Is it yard? I think it's yardage-wise they're the number one defense in the league. I don't know what they are overall and what they compile for overall. But from a yardage standpoint, they're the number one defense in the league. Well, let's where, take a look. Whereas Washington is just piling up ridiculous amounts of yards every game. So it's that old what? What is it? The uh, you have a team that is four, six, thing. and one, right? And they have the number one overall defense in Tells the league. Tells you how bad Carson Palmer's been. Yeah, they're second against the pass, eleventh against the run, and they're first overall, and they're four, six, and one. So, I mean, yeah, this defense is everything it should be. And if this offense was doing anything, they would even be tougher because it would be on the field a lot, lot, lot less. So, Well, and let's think about this. Think about this in your mind and try to – this only tells me – you can argue with me and change my mind, but this is all I can come up with. Just how – and I don't care about the numbers. Don't give me any numbers. They're probably bad too. I don't even know. But how bad Carson Palmer has to have been this year. You have the number one defense in the NFL. You have David Johnson just going – 
ape stuff all over everybody week in and week out. Larry Fitzgerald having one of the best seasons statistically of his career, and they can't win a football game. That's got to come down to the quarterback. You know, Michael Floyd, I think, takes a lot of the blame as bad as he's been. John Brown's disappearance. But you've got a top-flight running back just tearing people up. You've got a legend at receiver who's still putting up legendary numbers. And, oh, by the way, you got the best defense in the league, and you can't win a freaking football game. That's got to be on Carson Palmer. It has to be. Oh, I agree 100%. And you look at this guy. He's got almost 3,000 yards passing, 15 touchdowns. Seems to be a little low with the that's, weapons at his disposal. Absolutely. 11 picks. There's your, there I mean, that's, that's a telltale. When you start talking about um, quarterbacks, you know, you brought up Tom Brady. Doesn't look as good. 18 touchdowns, one pick, one. Well, he doesn't throw picks. He I doesn't mean, make mental errors. You know, Tyrod Taylor, four. I, I'm just going through some – Matt Stafford. You know what I feel about Matt Stafford. 19 touchdowns, five picks. That's Carson That's Palmer, why they're leading the division. Cause right. He, Carson Palmer's hideous. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, he's bad. There's the, no doubt about that it. That team should be 9-2 and two right now, and the favorites for the Super Bowl, in which I believe I predicted them to win, or at least – no, I predicted them to lose to Cincinnati. Don't follow my picks <laughs> from preseason. They're not as good as they've been as of late. I'm like a good weather hey, I had Green Bay and Pittsburgh. I can tell you Which what. Which Green Bay is still alive. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, they're we not dead. Cletus over here throwing sign language throw at us. <laughs> well, I, I know what it means. We, we have a thing. We, we insult you. Yeah. Through through yeah. gang signs is yeah. what we do. We we, we got a little yeah. gimmick here. Yeah. See what he does is on the microphone he acts like he's on your side and he buddies up to you. And then when you turn your back he whap you know, right in the just stabs you right in the I back. Know, actually, I thought he's just flipping you off, but I mean maybe well I he's was done wrong. that he's done that oh, a few okay. times too. But uh, what what else do we have here? Let's talk in the last couple minutes here about Gronk. Questionable, not practicing, but he never practices. It seems now dealing with a back injury. On top of, you know, they thought he pierced a lung but didn't, but dealing with a bruised lung, and he's wearing that, you know, cyborg arm thing. <laughs> I oh, mean, this yeah. guy's completely falling apart. They are not the same team without him. Martellus Bennett, for as good as he is generally, and he was filling in for him at the beginning of the year, has been nicked up and really has been a non-factor, even in the absence of Gronk in the last several weeks. I have no faith. They're, they're saying they expect him to play this week, even though he's not practicing. If you're a Gronk owner, you got to win this week to get in your playoff. Do you trust this guy's going to be able to finish the game? No, I don't. It, it, and it's such a dynamic player. I mean, you brought up a great point with Martellus Bennett. Do you know that Martellus Bennett and Rob Gronkowski have exactly the same amount of receiving yards this year? That's stunning. 540 yards. They're both exactly the same. Martellus Bennett has 17 more catches. That's not what you're thinking. No, it's not what the Patriots do no, with that's the tight not, end. That's they not get the chunk Patriots. plays out of Gronk. Yeah, Gronk is a huge playmaker. Martellus Bennett is getting, you know, maybe a Good clutch. possession guy. Yeah, getting a clutch catch, but it's not that big play like yeah, Gronk. you don't get that chunk. And the problem is I don't think you can play Gronk this week because – we we saw them do it when he came back from the first injury. He come back, he'd take one snap, and he'd hang out in the bench the rest of the game. Then the next week, he you know about fifteen plays. You know, I think they do this just because they they have the roster space for him. But even if he is healthy, I don't trust him to finish the game. Quite frankly, I really don't. No, and and, and in a position they're in in the division. They're going to proceed with Gronk very cautiously because they know they're in the playoffs. Right. 
They yeah. want him then. Yeah, I, I don't know why you don't just sit him down and, and just wait, and we'll see in January. All right, Rick, well, we have got a break here. Coming up next, we've got a special guest from the Rude Dog Show. Rick, Rudy Reyes will join us here in Studio B on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the Asylum here in the Arena Sports Network. We're going to bring in our special guest now. You've probably heard him on the Rude Dog Show, Rudy Reyes. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Rudy, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the Rude Dog Show for any of the listeners that might uh, not be familiar with you. You know, <laughs> the familiarity probably is no better time than now. I have been doing this for about – about four years now, uh, I've had the pleasure of being at Steelers training camp in 2014. I uh, interviewed Heath Miller, uh, Ryan Chazier. Of course, Drew Archer is no longer there, and I don't know where he is. I, I guess it took the Jets to contact him for him to go scarce and hide out in the <laughs> in the Himalayas somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, for quite some time. I've interviewed some of the greats, uh, including those you may not – be aware of outside of just being a football player. And of course, when you're talking about that, you're talking about Jerome Bettis, uh, you know, six time hall of fame running back for the Steelers and in NFL history for that matter. Uh, LeVon Kirkland, who was on the semifinalist list, but no longer there. Uh, Jeff Reed, uh, Willie Williams, a, a plethora, including DeMarcus Ayers and Travis Feeney, uh, both on practice squad for the Steelers as well. So, I talk about everything, NFL, NBA, NCAA, NHL. Penguins are playing hockey tonight in Pittsburgh. So uh, go go Penguins. Absolutely. So as hopeless yingers, before we got into get into what Rick wanted to talk about today, where do we stand as the Steelers, as a, as a guy outside of the western Pennsylvania uh, purview? <laughs> You've escaped, lucky for you. So what, what's the thought out there? You're sitting at 6-5, and five, even with Baltimore, but control their own destiny. We know what the offense is capable of, but also what can happen on the road. And obviously we know what the defense is. How does this thing end come playoff time for the Steelers? You know, right now looking at where the Steelers are at, there, there are so many tangibles for this team. When you look at what Ben Roethlisberger has done, it, it's, it blows your mind. You know, 23 touchdowns, almost 3,000 yards. Uh, Antonio Brown getting into his own with the three-touchdown a game on Thanksgiving against a very daunted secondary for the Indianapolis Colts, who was, who, in, for all intents and purposes, was missing Andrew Luck, their centerpiece. Uh, it couldn't have came at a better time to be six and five. Uh, guys getting healthy, coming back. As far as here on the West Coast is concerned, a Steeler Nation is huge out here. A lot of people uh, continually ask, you know, will the Steelers at home? be the best Steelers on the road? The answer to that is obviously not really, not as much as, as we'd like to be hopeful about. Uh, looking at all the position players, living a bell coming into his own uh, as of late, being the patient, consistent, slice-and-dice kind of runner that the Steelers really need to have. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is coming back. So there, there's a lot of great things going on defensively, even though Cam Hayward is out for the season with a torn pectoral, you still have a lot of the bruisers. Javon Hargrave's coming into the zone with a fumble uh, in the end zone. Uh, it's a recovery for a touchdown, and that's what the Steelers really need is to get the pressure early and often and control the line of scrimmage. 
not to mention Artie Burns in the secondary that clearly needs to step up even more so when his hands will be full this Sunday as they play at home versus the New York Giants and Odell Beckham as a part of that receiving core. So lots of great matchups. Uh, Giants have won their last four, so they're, they're certainly a team to contend with. Uh, we were talking offline about Mike Tomlin and his splash plays. Well, that, and that's great early on listening to Mike Tomlin and a lot of the sentiment around social media and the types of questions that has been asked of me, of course, I try to answer those on the Rudog show, but when we look at his lack of ownership, he, he, he dodges it consistently. So, and what that means is it's not that he doesn't want to take ownership for it. Coaching is one of the hardest things to do in the National Football League and guarantee that he's feeling the pressure when a must-win situation turns into a losing battle because of these lack of two-point conversions, successful ones that occur in the red zone. Uh, so out here in California, it's probably the same thing as it is back in Pittsburgh and that the Steelers need to win. Even though they control their own fate, they need to continue that march, and the Steelers nation needs to be allowed at home. Yeah, and it's just it's so strange sitting around and having to to basically wait for them to outscore folks. As a Steeler fan, I just can't get used to it. One more thing on the Steelers, and we can move on. But I'm just curious, what do you think? You you look at uh, you talk about Le'Veon Bell and him going into a contract year. Obviously, we we've seen the skill set he has and what a huge centerpiece of this offense he's become once healthy, but also what we're dealing with these off-the-field problems and these early-season suspensions the last two years. What do you see the Steelers doing? You know, He's talking about being a $14 million a year Adrian Peterson type of contract back. I can't see the Steelers paying that. Do you, do you see a franchise tag? Do they let him go? Do they sign him up long-term? What do you think the Steelers do in the, with Le'Veon Bell? Well, certainly the Steelers are not the kind of team that's going to shell out you know, $14 million. It's an astronomical number, and no Steeler in history has ever received those types of numbers, at least from the running back spot, not even from the wide receiving spot. Steelers historically don't pay out that kind of money, and despite him and his you know, potential four-game suspension now and then levied down to a three-game suspension, look, off-field situations, off-field issues, and I talk about this all the time on the show, is that from, from a professional athlete, you have to stay consistent. You have to stay persistent, recognizing the errors, recognizing that you have to make those corrections to those errors or they will haunt you on the field as well as off the field. As far as the Steelers signing him on a long-term deal, I see a franchise tag placed on him. I really don't see them shelling out an excess amount of money when clearly the workhorse in the receiving corps has been Antonio Brown. The, the guy has earned every single dime uh, and and should certainly see more money if, if clearly the Steelers need to progress, need to proceed further on and deep into the playoffs. There were talks about the Steelers going into a playoff you know, slash Super Bowl conversation. That can be had, but right now what they need to do is focus on one game at a time, winning it at the line on both sides of the ball, and Le'Veon Bell just continually doing what he does if he focuses on that and not about the money, that that will come along with the production he's putting on to the turf. Yeah, there's a lot of valid points there. And, I tell you, you know, when it comes right down to it, we have this week coming up, Pittsburgh, New York Giants. It's going to be a real litmus test for both teams, I feel, and uh, just to see where they're at. I mean, they're both playing good football 
uh, as of late. I mean, the Giants especially, uh, nothing spectacular, but they're getting the job done. It's it's always what Steeler defense are you going to see, it seems like. And, um, you know, with Odell Beckham and Eli coming into town, it ought to be pretty interesting. And getting back to your point with, uh, with Mike Tomlin, um, that is one thing I think with a little bit of ownership that you can grab that really quickly with some of these stupid penalties that they're having. And they're so unnecessary, they cost the team, and – you know, they have really got to get a handle on that. And I forget, I think it was the Baltimore game. They had like nine penalties the first half. The, on the ensuing kickoff the second half, they had yet another penalty. I could guarantee you a Chuck Knoll coach team would not have a penalty on, on the opening kickoff in that second half after a first half like that. Right. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And clearly there is no explanation as to why they lose their coal, why they become – unprofessional all of a sudden that really turns up costly. And we're talking about dances in the end zone. We're talking about Antonio Brown not wearing shoes that he shouldn't be wearing. Look, I'm all for for flash, okay? I get it. But there's a time and place for it. The time and place is in the Super Bowl, not time and place when you're fighting for your life at 6-5. and five. And from a discipline standpoint, there's a lot of times where they don't show a lot of discipline. They don't show discipline after the plays, uh, and, and it almost as if it carried over from last year in a certain place, Cody Wallace coming over to the side to, to protect one of his own by committing an unnecessary penalty after the fact. So the disciplinary activities that, that continually go on at times, not on every single down, but at times when it's costly. I'll give you a good example of that. When I watched that last game against Indianapolis where Cockrell had his hands in the cookie jar you could have gone either way with that call. You could have said, you know, he didn't really get involved in the whole process. And good thing was is that it was a good no call, but he's been a part of some bad calls because he's undisciplined. He doesn't know how to play on the ball versus playing on the receiver. So that's going to come with time. This is his first starting year, and I understand that. But as a professional athlete, you have to know your role, when to play on the ball, when to play on the receiver. And from a cockerel standpoint, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big cockerel, you know, fan. I, I, I'm just not. Why? Because he always seems to find those penalties because he doesn't know when to play on the receivers who's playing on the ball. Ultimately, costing the Steelers more yardage and defense gets put on their heels. Already tired, already on the field for an excess amount of plays. Now you're giving a whole other set of downs. So you have to put in so much more time. And that all comes with discipline. And as long as the Steelers continue to put themselves in negative situations by committing unnecessary penalties, you're going to find out that you either do one of two things. Fail your team and help the opposing team win the game based on penalties that you commit because they'll all come back to haunt you. Or make the corrections, understand when to play the ball, when to play the receiver, those hands to the face, the face smack, some of that is inadvertent and not intentional, but that will still cost you. So as a professional athlete, you have to maintain your level of professionalism from end to end the entire game. You're absolutely right. Uh, we are Fligger and Briggs talking with Rudy Reyes from the Rude Dog Show here in the Arena Sports Network. Hey, Rudy, let's get into what we were going to try to cover here in this segment. Um, 
us sages always try to predict, uh, you know, be it you're just talking about. Did you just call yourself season. a sage? Ah, no, I was using the air quotes, obviously, because <laughs> oh, we're not. Man. This guy. Um, and oh, go man. into uh, fantasy football, regular football. It makes no difference because if they're having a rotten year one way, it's going to be rotten the other. And there's been some surprise players, you know, booms and busts. And, uh, you know, I just figure, you know, we're all – what week uh, thirteen now? We're almost through the season. There's there's a lot of players that have disappointed, and a lot have really surprised in a positive way. And um, you know, and I'll just start it off. One of my biggest surprises, um, in a good way, was Terrell Pryor from Cleveland. I mean, this kid's sixty-two catches, you know, four touchdowns, eight hundred fifty-five yards. He's got a rushing touchdowns, and he even has forty-one passing yards. I mean, there's not much you can ask more from a player on a known 12 team. Yeah, there's certainly no doubt about it. He, he, he plays with a, with a chip on his shoulder from the fantasy standpoint. How did you not have this guy in your lineup? Seriously converted quarterback to now a, a wide receiver for an otherwise horrible Cleveland Brown team who is winless this year, which also matches a franchise record of losses. Actually exceeds franchise record losses. Excuse me. So, Terrell Pryor certainly on the bright side, certainly on the plus side, and from a fantasy standpoint, you you have to start him. You don't have much else in the receiving court to throw to. What do you do? Throw it to Barnage all the time? I mean, the guy's he's double covered. He keep the offensive line is absolutely horrific. So Terrell Pryor definitely the guy, uh, and, and certainly a starter no matter what. Yeah, no question about it. As you go around, you look at that that Cleveland team, and you, you talk about the offensive line. And here's a guy who's filled the role of boom and bust all season. You know, within one season, compressing one season's Isaiah Crowell. He came out through the first five or six weeks of the season, had himself in the top five in rushing. I don't know if it's injuries. Does this make you as a Steeler guy, Rudy? I find myself now, after all these years, being sympathetic to Cleveland. The, the rivalry's gone, and being sympathetic to them and what they're going for. I almost long for the days of that rivalry. But when you look at a guy like Isaiah Crowell, for, for all, all looks and all measurables, this guy's a real deal as a running back. I don't, is, are we dealing with an Isaiah Crowell problem or are we dealing with a Cleveland Browns problem? We're, we're dealing with, with the Cleveland Browns problem. Look, I, I, again, one of the things that I've spoken to on my show quite a few times, and a lot of teams seem to be getting this type of focus when you're when you're referring to front office management position coaches ownership and unfortunately Isaiah Corral is such a great guy again the only other bright spot as a part of that Cleveland team you can even put it out there and say an organization and yeah everybody can feel sorry for him and of course who doesn't feel sorry for most players who end up in Cleveland? They don't really come back out alive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they end up retiring or they don't do very well. And uh, unfortunately, unless the Cleveland Brown organization takes a page out of the Cleveland Indians rule book and their playbook about keeping players and creating a winning franchise, no, Cleveland, the, the Indians did not win the World Series, but the Cleveland Cavaliers won a championship. So, you know, they need to have a group conversation, and I was talking about that with uh, Corey Aldridge, former Major League Baseball slugger, about how they need to really get into this intervention program and get the Browns a part of it to correct these issues to make this team much better than they have been in obviously recent memory.
Yeah, it's it's painful to watch. So as you look around the league, who is somebody that surprised you in a negative way that's maybe struggled that, that you didn't see coming? I think it's probably easy. I picked an easy one. It's easy to predict a struggle in Cleveland. Somebody somewhere else that, that surprised you that's been a disappointment this year? Uh, man, there's so many players out there. I'm, I'm just looking at, um, man, there's so many teams. There's so many players uh, from – I wouldn't have to go with Ryan Shee's here for, for, uh, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, first of all, he is an Ohio product. He comes from Ohio State University. The guy was trying to get a feel for a starting role with the Steelers last year. Of course, that, that linebacker position is always in rotation. But when you look at how he's been playing and, and fighting through the injuries and continually coming back game after game after game after game, showing his presence, you can even put him in the, in the free safety position, and he can make a play out of something. Why? Because he's that fast. He's extremely intelligent. One of the smartest guys to come out of the draft in 2014. Now in his second year, he really surprises me in a very big way. But I'm waiting for Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons to really show me what he's made of. Because right now, he gets, he gets the bone. He gets the root dog bone. Why? Because... Every time the playoffs come rolling around, what happens? Matt Ryan decides to freeze, turns into Matty Ice, throwing interceptions, not completing, not following his reads, not following his progressions, and just freezes like a popsicle out on the field, not doing very well, and he leaves the field thinking, well, what did I do wrong? Well, you really have to look at yourself and say, is it boom or bust for Matt Ryan? And right now, where it stands, it's anybody's guess. Yeah, I mean, the the jury's still out on him. Obviously, he's got to complete the season and get the, the Falcons into the playoffs and actually win a game or two before some of that stigma comes off him. But I'll tell you what, yeah, he may be freezing up in the playoffs or whatever, but I'll tell you, a guy that stinks is Ryan <laughs> Fitzpatrick. I mean, with the weapons at his disposal the year he had last year, I mean, this guy looks like a blind man out there at times. Yeah, he looks he looks very very bad. But again, that Jets offensive line isn't really helping him either. <laughs> he almost reminds me of Mark Sanchez playing for the Jets. You know, the whole butt fumble thing, and that that, that will always haunt Mark Mark Sanchez. Unfortunately, a USC product. Uh, but but Fitzpatrick just making bonehead throws when he shouldn't. Uh, all this fuss before the season ever started about how he needs to. Uh, sign with the Jets and just finish his career off and so on and so forth. And I bet right now they're just really trying to figure out who their quarterback really is, in all fairness. And I don't think Fitz, Fitzpatrick is it. No, and and I don't, I'm don't. i not sure it's Bryce Petty or Hackenberg or any of those other guys. It might be back to the drawing board there. All right, well, we appreciate your time. I'll get you out of here on this. I want to swing it back to the Steelers one more time. We know the rapport. You mentioned Heath Miller earlier, and we know the rapport Ben Roethlisberger had with him. And we saw flashes of that with him and Jesse James earlier in the year. This return of Ladarius Green, it has become apparent that they view him as a big-time weapon. I don't know that we've gotten the results we'd want yet, but Ben Roethlisberger is viewing him as a top weapon in that offense. Do you think from what we've seen limited in his career at San Diego and all the weird injury, was it an ankle, was it a head, what was it at the beginning of the year, is Ladarius Green in your mind, like he is in mine, a guy you could look at who could be a big piece of a potential playoff run for this offense? 
I'll be honest with you, looking at him and what he did for San Diego and receiving balls from Phillip Rivers, and of course Phillip Rivers has the, the strangest release of, of any quarterback I've probably ever witnessed outside of maybe Doug Flutie, but looking at looking at who he is and what he brings to the offense, Ben Roethlisberger was a big key in getting Ladarius Green there to begin with. Why? They didn't have Heath Miller, second-year player Jesse James, not the greatest blocker in the world. He is learning, but it's an on-the-job learning curve where Ladarius String has already been there and done that. And as far as what he means to the Steelers, what he means to this offensive line, he needs to step up and play as if he's, a, he's beyond a Pro Bowl kind of guy. Like, he's been in four consecutive Pro Bowls. And, look, no one can fill the shoes of a guy named Heath Miller. Nobody. I don't care who on the planet thinks that they are. It's just like trying to pretend that you're Ben Scully. It doesn't work that way. You just don't walk into a role and, and be part of an organization for a better part of, you know, 45 years. But like Darius Green needs to show up early and often as long as they make plays associated with showing his skill set, being able to reach the ball over defenders, being able to reach the ball in the red zone. They can increase efficiency by utilizing him in a three tight end bunch or maybe even use him as a slot receiver on the outside in order to get that reach over the relatively smaller uh, DBs for the New York Giants on Sunday. Right. Hey, you know, and I'll end it real quick. I'm not a real big fan of Ladarius Green. I think he has to really come to Pittsburgh. He has to realize he has to be Heath Miller and not Antonio Gates when he's in Pittsburgh because it's a totally different climate. It's a totally different position that Heath Miller defined in Pittsburgh. And I'm still not sure that Ladarius Green's the guy. I I may be wrong, but I really like what I see in Jesse James. I think he's the future in that position. But tell you what, Rudy, we're up against the clock here. We really appreciate you coming <laughs> on. Would you uh, let everybody know where you're at and where they can find you? Oh, absolutely. You guys can find me on the com. You can find my show uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Always looking for great callers, great conversations. Um, Try to line up some guys uh, and gals, for that matter, to come on to the Rude Dog Show to, to share their experiences. You can find me at Rude Dog Reyes on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me there. Always great conversation as well. Uh, and, again, thanks, guys, for having me on. I do appreciate your time as well. All right. We appreciate it, Rudy. Take care. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, thanks. a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. All, All right. right, that was Rudy Reyes from the Root Dog Show, and uh, we good. appreciate him coming Lots on. Lots of Steeler knowledge, I like it. I like, I like that Left Coast Steeler Nation talk. Yeah, I wonder what that is. Is it just bandwagon leftovers from the 70s? Or? No. Well, I mean, from I've never really lived out there, but living all through the South. Steeler Nation's everywhere. You, I just really wonder is. why. I, you wonder why. I think because, truthfully... I, well, like you say, maybe from the 70s when the steel mills shut down, a lot of people, a lot of families had Oh, so had it's to, actually Western Pennsylvania transients. Yeah, actually had like to you, disperse. Well, I did it because I wanted to. You're but, a gypsy, you know, old hippie. How much no, time do we have there, Cletus? You have about, uh, we'll call it five and a half minutes. All right, I can get this done in that. I want to some trip something in my brain that, that Rudy was talking about. This isn't on the topic of anything he was talking about, but they bring up the issues with the penalties and the lack of discipline, and I think he mentioned at one point Antonio Brown's cleats. 
Yeah, this is something that's driven me completely out of my mind all year. How they remember they were threatening to throw him off the field and they weren't going to let him play if he didn't take off the Muhammad Ali cleats or whatever it is. Have you seen what they're doing this week? Now we know why they've been so hard on this. Do you know what this week is? I, I'm I don't. This week, Richard, in the NFL, is to be known as my cause. My cleats, where all players will be allowed this week only to wear cleats, you know, espousing whatever cause they want. Of course, D'Angelo Williams is doing you know, breast cancer well, right. because he's a big, well, not a supporter of breast cancer, but of the cause. Right. Antonio, Antonio Brown, I believe, is doing Big Brothers Big. But guys all around the league are doing this. And, you know, I sit there and, you know, the NFL's always been ridiculous with their uniform policy, but you always wondered what the deal was. Here it is right here. This is the big tax write-off, money-making gimmick for the NFL that they had planned for week 13. And this is why they've been busting everybody's chops. All year. The NFL is so damn transparent. It's starting to get on my nerves, Rick. That's what? Wh- that's what it is. You do <laughs> I it. I don't think you could say you that. You do it when I tell you you can. That's what they're. That's what they're telling the players. Right. I mean, I understand what you're saying about the about the uniforms. You don't want them coming out looking like no mad, I get NASCAR a, drivers. Right. I understand. I get a that. uniform policy. But a pair of shoes with right. a picture of Arnold Palmer or Muhammad Ali or something. That's ridiculous. Why is that really part of, you know, if you remember, you may not remember, but you may remember the name, Billy White Shoes Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wore white shoes. Nobody wore white shoes. Okay. Elsie Greenwood wore gold ones. Nobody said anything. Well, th- I think this is why, though. You know, and it's, right. it's, a, it's commercialism masked in being noble, right? You, you hate to... I hate to say that. You hate to go down this road. But you look at all of October and all the, the great things the NFL does, and it right. is good to a degree in terms of breast cancer awareness. But they're making a profit on this, too. Sure it's not 100% are. of proceeds go to breast cancer research, a portion of the pro- – and I don't know how much it is. Whatever it is, it's a hell of a lot more money than the Susan Komen Foundation had before October. Right. I grant you that. But then you see what they do, and they're – Fining or threatening to find D'Angelo Williams for things he does outside of October. Because he does it in November. Right, so that tells you that whole thing's a sham, and there's money for it to be made for them there. I think it's the same thing now with this my cause, my cleats. There's a way they're going to profit off of this, and this is why somehow, for some reason, it's a big deal and a bad look for the NFL for Antonio Brown to honor the life of Muhammad Ali and honor the life of Arnold Palmer. You know, if he had mirrors on his shoes or future HOF like Chad John and had on that jacket. Yeah. All right, maybe you have a problem with that, but these were worthy things, and they were busting his chops, and I couldn't grasp why. Now I know why, and it's right back to what they do in October, and this salute to service thing. Right. Yeah, boy, they're willing to sell you anything you could buy in November that's green, that's camo, that's got your team's and I, yeah. I know they're donating por- pro- portions of the proceeds, but don't wear it in December, no, right? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. The NF, it's so transparent. It's just sickening. It, it drives me absolutely insane. I agree. I just had to yell about that. Hey, I'm glad. That off my I, chest. I mean, it's, it's a point well to. We don't agree on a lot of things. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great point, and I agree 100%. And as we find out, it's, we're going to have that Ladarius Green, uh, Jesse James debate again later on in this show, well, that's I fine. think. So. I, mean, it's, I don't it's, know why you hate the man. I don't I know don't. what he ever I, did to you. Ju- it's just what it's, I've seen of him. It's like he slapped you in the face he, at some well, point. Well, no. He, he, he would if he ever met you. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Well, I can't you know, make up. I, see, I try to tell the truth. He would. He would hate me Yeah. if he, if he met me. Well, I, 
I'm probably one of the six people in this world you can consider a friend, and I hate you, so obviously Ladarius Green can't stand you. How about you, Horatio? I like you. Oh, it suck. He That's takes this man. is how he gets a month off because he sucks up to Rick Briggs. <laughs> That's my man. Who who has already announced? I don't know if you know this yet. As you yeah, two he, are best buddies, he, and he can't be here next, next week. Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll be here Sunday. All right, oh, yeah, cool. sure you will. Are you ready, yeah. Jersey Dean? Get ready. Horatio yeah. is on the case. Beer before breakfast is all right, right? Well, I would think so. Yeah, that Bre- should be the uh, name of the show. Breakfast. Beer out. before breakfast. Beer before breakfast. I like it. Yeah, we could do. Hey, maybe once the season's over, that'll be our new show. Well, because it will. I don't want to do a show once the season's over. I barely want to do this one. Oh, you don't want to do it? Gonna... Ten a.m.s early on a Sunday. No, I don't mean on Sunday. I mean just a regular show. Oh yeah, we could do that certainly. Yeah. All right, let's. How about do that. beer for breakfast? I've done it before. It's been about ten years, but I could do it again. Why not? It's been about three days. Eggs in beer. <laughs> Kegs and eggs, kegs yeah. And eggs. Kegs and eggs. There you go. I like that. All right, Horatio's waving his arms All over right. his head over there. I think we got to go to a break. When he starts talking, we have to quit. That's Sorry. right. We'll be right All back. right, we'll be right back here on the Arena Sports Network. It's that time of year again. It's time to get them dogs in the box. Get them dogs in the box. On the weekend. I like it. Hey, welcome back to the asylum. We are Fligger and Briggs. And listeners, what do you do when you are pushed to the limit? Well, Snowman gives you a look at what he's been through the past four years as he gets really personal. And believe me, this is even more personal than what he said during his Purge episode. An express episode of a very personal Snowman in the morning tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern. Listen via arenasportsnet.com and also snowmaninthemorning.com Sounds like the snowman about to go off tomorrow. I'll tell you what. I'm check that one out. I'm glad I'm not close to snowman. You know what? That's a hell of an idea. One. You think when the season's over, we should do a purge episode. Oh, Lay that it all is an out excellent there. idea. Not about football. Whatever in the world's making well, you mad. Well, it's going to be football. Well, some of that. Well, I mean, I think we could do a final episode kind of recapping all our frustrations of the season and so forth, and then we just explode on the world. How's yeah, that? Yeah, because, I mean, I want to talk about, you know, all the horrible things I told you off-air about my Thanksgiving debacle. I'd like to <laughs> scream. I'd like to scream on my chair, Rick. That's as all I'll much, say right now, on my chair. As much as I sympathize with you, you told me that story, it's still funny. <laughs> I mean, it really is, and I would not – Wish it on my worst enemy. And there's just some people I want to take some shots at, Rick. And that's probably not what Snowman's doing. He probably has real-world problems. I have perceived slights and things that annoy me. But I'd like to take a show and do that, quite frankly. I really would. So maybe once When, boy? (laughs) When are you going to get your act together? Well, never. I'm never going to do that. That's what I want to tell people. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to do that. We're going to steal Snowman. Sorry, but we are flat stealing that from you as soon as the fantasy football season's over. So heading into week one of the well, – we might have to wait till after the Super Bowl, though, huh? Nah. Nah. We Who can cares do about the wild card like round? We'll do whatever we want. That's right. All right, Rick, let's get back to fantasy football before I turn this into a purge segment. I don't think I'm ready. I need to prepare my remarks for that. Let's start out some game balls, some stinky socks as you as you feverishly look through your, your – carefully prepared next actually week. i'm not feverish but uh, uh, i will you know, let you go ahead and give out your first game ball for week 12 gotta give it to my boy kirk cousins yeah wow i mean 449 yards and three touchdowns and a loss no picks and he still <laughs> lost but i'll tell you what i gotta hand it to this guy 
you know, we knew that Kirk Cousins could throw the football, but this guy is turning into not only a real NFL quarterback, but he's a real leader of that team. Oh, no doubt about it. And he's a little bit of a jerk, which I like. Did you see what he oh, did yeah. to the, yeah. the week prior? Where you go, you go up to your GM and you rub his head like a troll doll. <laughs> How you like me now? Which meant, you don't want to pay me? You want to keep not paying Somebody me? I will. will take this somewhere else and get paid. Get your checkbook out, you jerk. And he does it in front of everybody, and that's what I like. That's, that's good. To rub a man's head's really disrespectful, and I like it. Yeah. Chances of going to Arizona? I don't think he leaves Washington. They can't let him leave. They have been searching for a quarterback Arizona's since Joe not Theismann pay broke him his like leg. Dan Snyder will. Arizona will not pay him like Dan Snyder will. I wouldn't think. And they, they, they've got another franchise, and as well as he's playing, if they couldn't get a deal done, Dan Snyder would gladly pay. I think the franchise number on him would be like $24.5 million or something. Dan Snyder would do that in a heartbeat. He oh, just yeah. wouldn't care. So I don't see him going anywhere. I don't necessarily think he, think he wants to go anywhere. He just wants to keep thumbing it right in, right in everybody's eye, which I enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You know, turn your success into other people's pain. That, that's good. That's the kind of guy I can get behind rick my game ball goes to and i'm going to give a stinky sock first of all to you and i okay we deserve a stinky sock here <laughs> more than once well, I'm yeah sure. yeah but here we are in week 12 rick and i don't believe we have mentioned this gentleman's name on these airwaves yet all tyreek hill did last week right it was a kind of a pedestrian week for him all he did was catch nine balls and score a touchdown run for a touchdown, and return a kick for a touchdown. And this guy, since the Steeler game, what was that, four or five weeks ago, is just getting in the end zone, being that big play guy Jeremy Macklin could never be. And I don't think we've ever mentioned his name. My game ball, and it's a big overinflated. Tom Brady would hate this game ball, just completely overinflated for Tyreek Hill, what he's done the last several weeks. But to score touchdowns, I can't believe this hasn't been bigger news, to score Three touchdowns against the Denver Broncos defense in three different ways. Running, passing, and on special teams. Huge game ball to Tyreek Hill. I agree 100%, Rick. And and I'll tell you what, to add to that, that is the first time that touchdowns have been scored rushing, receiving, and returning since, do you know who? Oh, boy, I don't. I'm going to guess Antonio Brown. Has he done it? Gail Sayers. Oh, wow. So Back Antonio like, Brown hasn't done Like in 65, something wow. like that. Yeah. yeah. This kid is a dynamic playmaker. And he is what he is perfect, a perfect fit for that Chiefs offense for this reason. They refuse to go vertical, right? right. So they got to win on defense, which I don't think Tyreek can help there. But you got to win on special teams, which he helps them with. They can use gimmick end around stuff they can just get him the ball in space short and he goes out and he make makes plays and he's got great hands in the red zone which is something they hope to have in jeremy macklin which hasn't worked out as every team is triple teaming the tight end position there going back to tony gonzalez no matter travis kelsey now no matter what tight end you have that that's always the goal line option now tyree kills made himself that off he's a perfect fit for an offense that refuses to go vertical you can go horizontal with him and he'll turn it vertical real quick you got it i agree 100 percent. i mean this kid certainly going to be keeping an eye on him flex play every week I mean, uh, it always depends on your options. But I think this is a guy, every week he's got a nose for the end zone. I want in my lineup if I can get him in a flex spot. You figure you get him with the game he just had at Denver? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start him as a flex at Arrowhead. You better no believe it. No question about it. He'll find a way to get it done. All right, Rick, how about a stinky sock? That's enough. Enough praise we're heaping out to everybody. Have to give it to my boy, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> That's your dog. I, I'm telling you, it is, it, I'm not blaming so much the running backs, but Barry Sanders ran behind some pretty bad lines at times. Right. Okay. I mean, somewhere along the line, somebody's got to make a play for Minnesota. I think you'd pop one every now and again. 3.4 yards a carry last week. He's 3.0 for the year. I mean, this is, I mean, it was an improvement. Yeah. And I, I still have to give him a sock. a really good game for him last week. <laughs> yeah. It is terrible. They cannot run the football. And it's not just Jerry McKinnon. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Matt Asiata is, I think, 3.2 for the year. Yet in that game, he averaged 5.2 yards a carry. I mean, it's just something about McKinnon. He's just, I, I don't know. I mean, we had that debate way back when in September, October. Yeah, it turns out we were both wrong. <laughs> Osiata is at least scoring touchdowns. Yeah, not very often. He's got five or six for the yeah, year. McKinnon has often. what? Zippy. Can you read yeah. that? Oh, I can see it. I can see you right through the number. <laughs> I have to give him a sock. I mean, it's basically an indictment of the whole Minnesota offense yeah, more than McKinnon. they just come unglued. Oh, it, it's terrible. It really is. I mean, they had the third-ranked defense in the league, which we talked about previously. There's no reason for this. This nah. is horrifying. Speaking of no reason for something, Rick. There's no reason for us being here. Well, that's true, yeah. Only the fact that Amazon will sell a microphone to any jerk with a credit card. That's true. That's about the only reason we get to have a show. We have three of them. What, two, oh. four, five? Oh, God. We got yeah, five. Because yeah. I, I put in these fancy uh, microphones for our video feed that we were going to start up when we brought on a producer, but... Who sits and plays with his phone and flips he, us off. He texts on that super-secret government phone with his fancy job we're not allowed to talk about, and then he takes a month or two off. Yeah. So basically his contribution is once a month putting in weird clicking sounds into our show, but, and the other three making me run back and forth to the control but room. he brings alcohol. Well, he does when bring When he beer. shows up. Yeah. Hey, if you could just have it delivered on a <laughs> weekly basis, you could have every week off. I'm going to look into this. <laughs> oh, you could just, I mean, don't bother me. You just leave it on the porch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I got a lot going don't on. Don't knock. Just leave it there. We'll just, find I'll, it. We'll find Rick will find it when he comes in. I don't go outside very often anymore. You know, my whole world's lived in the, I work in this studio, my nine to five. I do the show in this studio and that's basically everything i do outside of the bathroom and sleeping and sometimes i sleep in here if i get a little too lippy so anyhow my stinky sock rick what we can't i can't fathom and, and i want to discuss it in terms of is this one of those weird blips on the radio or you on the, on the radio the weird ra radar on the radar okay. radio killed the no that was the radio the, I still star. don't the think buggles. that works yes the buggles Video killed a radio star. Was that who sang that? The Buggles? Yes. I've heard the song. I guess I never knew who sang The Buggles? The Buggles. And we know what the closing song is going to be. <laughs> exactly. What, what's a Buggle? That was the name of the group. Well, I understand that, but is it something else? I it's don't kind know. of like a Muggle, but different. <laughs> Why don't you effort that? I maybe know like what a Buggle a is. Goggle, but different, or a Bug, but different. I don't know. That's going to bother me now. Well, okay. But anyway, anyway, what's your point? 
Ten minutes later, my stinky suck goes to the entire Seattle Seahawks offense. (laughs) Raise your hand if you predicted them scoring five points. Five points in Tampa Bay. That that's the big part for me. You can go out and lay an egg in a lot of places. In Tampa Bay, there's pretty bad teams who put up a lot of yards and a lot of points in Tampa Bay. Is this something? Because they were starting to look like the Seattle of the second half of last year. Look unbeatable. They got some injuries. I think Earl Thomas has been out. I think they they've got some injuries. Yeah, they got some injuries, but they everybody's got some injuries. Exactly. But they just look like Seattle is really starting to roll. In fact, we mentioned on the inside slant, oh, Seattle's starting to roll, blah, blah, blah. Boy, we were bloviating the ass. It might be our fault. Seattle, Seattle, yeah, right. They scored five points against Tampa Bay. Is this a weird deal? If you look at their travel schedule, they've had like five or six weeks in a row where they've gone 3,000 and then come home on a short week and gone 3,000 more and gone home. And I don't think – it gets further in the continental United States, Rick, especially in the NFL. It gets any further than Seattle to Tampa Bay, maybe Seattle to Miami. That's a butt-long trip. Is it just fatigue and, and taking it lightly and they just went out and laid an egg? Or are you nervous about this? I don't know what to make of it. I'll be watching what they do this week with, with great intrigue. Well, it, I, I don't know, Rick. It, it, it's hard to – it's hard to blame it on travel. Look, they went to, to Arizona, which isn't that far no. of a trip. They tied 6-6. Then they traveled to New Orleans. They lost. Then they come back home. Buffalo comes in. They, they won a close one. But then they traveled to New England, beat the Patriots. Yeah. Okay? Then they come back home, and they beat Philadelphia. Then they go to Tampa. You're right. They have been back and you wonder, forth does a lot. Does that just catch up with you? And Tampa's a team you're not taking seriously whatsoever, and you think you can go in and play your C game and still win them, and instead you wound up playing your F game. I tend to think maybe that's what happened here. It's very possible. You figure they're going to be home this week against Carolina. Then they travel to Green Bay. Not that far. No, that's no worse not than any trip deal. anybody else in the league makes. Then they're at home for the Rams home for the Cardinals, then they go to San Francisco. Not a long trip. I think they go 4-1 and one I, in the last so. five games. Yeah, I'm not paying. What makes me nervous is even if you go in and you sleepwalk through it, I think you could put up more than a field goal against Tampa think. Bay. That's what I don't like about it. You know, had they lost the game and lost 14-10, 14, 13, all right, you know, th- th- then I would definitely say, yeah, they just they didn't take it seriously. They retired, they're beat up, they slept, walked through it. But to go in and score three, and quite frankly, Rick, I don't know how they got to five. That's how bad they played if you watched well, any of that game. One, one vulnerability you can see with Seattle, you know, the offensive line a little banged up. Tampa's got a great defensive That's true. line. That's they true. took advantage of that. That's true. And they harassed Russell Wilson the whole game long. Yeah, I did watch a lot of that game. And it wasn't one of those games that was exciting oh, to it watch. Oh, was horrific. But it was a real appreciation. I, I tell you what, Tampa Bay's defense mm-hmm. took advantage everywhere they could of Seattle, and they harassed him all day long. And what you see is what a big-time player Gerald McCoy is. Oh, yeah. You give a shout-out to, no to one of my pit, my pit boys. But, you know, when he was out, when they were really bad, and, and when he gets on the field, he makes a big difference. And, and that's it. And I think now you see a formula. 
right, to, to beat them. They are nicked up on the offensive line. Somehow, I don't know if they took Doug Baldwin away or it was just a fact Russell Wilson couldn't get a throw off, and when he did, he had the happy feet. So, I don't, I'm not willing to – I still think that's probably the team in the NFC that's a threat to Dallas. You know, I've, I've just finally – I'm done fighting it. I bought completely into Dallas. You, you have to at this point. Oh, yeah. But, you know, if there's one team, you look around that NFC, there's not a lot of teams that scare you. Look, I mean, if they get in at all, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers can go into any stadium and win one game. Right, so you have that vulnerability. You know, maybe Washington can – well, no, we've seen Washington can't beat Dallas. They can keep up with them, but they can't beat them. That's twice now. You know, Seattle's the one team that go go into Jerry World down there and lay one on them, play some defense against the two rookies and lay one on them. And I'm still going to believe that. I don't want to buy two – for one week, you got to give them the stinky sock, but I'm not overreacting to this whatsoever just yet. No, I'm I'm not either. I agree with you 100%. Cletus looks like he's got something on his mind over there. I do. It's very – very important to this. Good, good. A buggle ah, yes. is an imaginary insect that created havoc in recording studios. You're welcome. An imaginary, ah, so it's an acid trip is what it is. <laughs> Bingo. Speaking of Fantasy acid trips. opium. <laughs> Speaking of acid trips. Well, here we go. What, that's what Dr. Seuss was on, man. Oh, it had to be. There's no doubt about yeah, that. That guy wasn't right. No, you're great. Hey, I tell you what, listeners, if you love hoops, then you will love our coverage of the Porter County Conference and the Greater South Shore Conference for Boys and Girls Basketball. Beginning in December, we will follow those conferences in exciting play-by-play action, and you too, hey, just all you have to do is log in to new divisional site of indiana.arenasportsnet.com. Okay, get that? Arenasportsnet.com and get on the indiana.arenasportsnet.com site i mean that's what it says right here that's good enough do yeah, it i mean that's all i can tell you listen to some hoops yeah it's nice somebody broadcasting the high school it's hard to find a high school game anymore see to me when i was a kid back even when i played it, local radio did it all there's no local radio anymore that's the problem well fortunately we have some around here my you ne- have it up north we don't have it down here well, my nephew's big time he comes out of newcastle and um you know gross city yeah, nobody Sharon. knows where that is we know where well, it is. Well, we do. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of local listeners. I mean, she whiz, you know. I don't think. We don't have a lot of listeners. In we general. have the whizzer. What well, they do, knock or something now? They don't even do Butler games. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to stop could talking. You, could you edit People are out logging anything out everywhere. negative he says? Yeah, I'm on that. There wouldn't be much left, would there? No. <laughs> <laughs> so About he's 10 minutes. So you're trying to say you're the pessimist, he's the optimist? No. No. He's... I'm, He's the pessimist. You're the optimist. Yes. We have no show. <laughs> we have He's no producer sense. either, okay? <laughs> you have a beer distributor. That's true. That we do. Making We're fine delivery. with that. He's the Mr. McFeely of alcoholism over there is yes. what he is. Mr. All right. And you're welcome. How about, you know, he's still alive. I was really? flipping through the stations. I think it was Friday. They Mr. Were Rogers isn't. No, he, he's, he's dead as doornail for a good while now. <laughs> But they, I was watching. I was flipping through, and they were doing the. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing. The, it's almost death. But I mean, well, it's it's not like it's fresh. I mean, <laughs> is this news to anybody? I'm sorry to anyone. This is shocked. But Mr. Rogers has passed away. I think it, you're supposed to say spoiler alert. As recently as ten years ago. So I'm yeah. sorry if the shock hasn't worn <laughs> off yet. Anyhow, so I'm flipping through the stations, and they're 
televising the low, the Pittsburgh Christmas parade or whatever. And it just, I'm flipping by and there's Mr. McFeely. And I, I tell you what, he was, he was wearing the stupid hat and the coat. So he's still Mr. McFeely. He looks like the Crypt Keeper. I'm sorry, but he really does looking rough. And they propped him out there and stuffed him up in this convertible. And he's waving and playing that stupid. So he's got to be 142 years old. He really does. Just one of those cutouts with a mechanical been, Maybe he's been dead for 20 years. And it, well, I almost went too far with it. I'm going to stop there. How about like, some, like Bernie's? Yeah, know? weekend at Bernie. Yeah, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> that movie. That movie comes up a lot on this show. It really does. <laughs> Week twelve takeaways. Let's get this train back on the track. What are you doing? Socks or balls? We're just doing takeaways. Whatever you want. Oh, just doing takeaways. Yeah, that now. was my ball, Seattle, and oh, it took me Lord. forty here, minutes to here get through that. I thought we were talking about. You don't have a takeaway prepared. Oh, so. I got I got takeaways. Well, just... give me one. Gimme, gimme. Well, I, my number one takeaway, of course, we've already discussed, is the lack of running game and total offense in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. But they, they, they cannot go any farther with that. Trevor Simeon. I'm, t- I'm getting a takeaway of Trevor Simeon. This kid is going to be a big-time quarterback. You think? I think so. It was an impressive performance last week. It was an week. impressive performance. Banged up this week. In Maybe a very game. important game. It's true. Against a division rival. Granted, they were in Denver. But I tell you what, the kid played good. I think I think Denver's in good hands. Well, he couldn't be learning from any better than Kubiak, and you, know, you got Elway up in yeah, the booth. Yeah, guy named John. Yeah, yeah. that old John guy who used to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's not at the well. Nobody's at the level of a Dak Prescott. Well, no. You know, he's is he equal to Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. But <laughs> Rick can't stand it. <laughs> it's as simple as this. We got Cletus over in the control room, and he's counting us down. He's letting me know where we are in the segment. And every time he signals me, I think Rick really believes these are derogatory sign. This is derogatory sign language about him between Cletus and I. And now he's signing nonsense back to him. We got to get the video portion of this show going to show you this nimkenpoop I'm working with over here. I'm not the nimkenpoop. You guys are the idiots. I'm kind of. Th- we need a picnic. <laughs> yeah, picnic. Pick a nick in it. We need. Yeah. Are we going to do it? Was a blue moon, and you're making rules. Get out of here. Should we do a company Christmas party? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that would be great. Hey, how about a gift exchange? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love. It. <laughs> I think we should. Hey, do maybe a we can include Road Warrior. I think he would be just. He uh, come on. You know what we should do. I don't know when we do it with your work schedule. Actually, mine hasn't been so good. There's a radio sta- radio show, morning show. I like. I podcast out of D.C. It's a really good show. Yeah. And every year, it's four guys, and they, anyhow, it's four guys. Every year, what they do for their morning show is they they hide it under the guise of a public service, okay? So they bring a cop in to sit with them, and they take breathalyzers. And the point is don't drink and drive, and here's how fast the alcohol can affect you. I would love to But basically what they do, they sit around, and they get hammered the entire show. So the show gets increasingly funnier, and there's the dumps increase, you know, the the edits as it goes on. Maybe we should do that. We'll do a drinking Christmas show. That would be awesome. I don't know how you two dummies are getting home because you can't stay here. Oh, yeah, we will. I mean, we just stay down here. You'll sleep go up in there. the studio. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm game. All right. I, yeah. I, well, what I, else, buddy? You got to do. I don't have anywhere to be on Christmas, so. <laughs> oh, we can do it on Christmas Day. 
That is a that is a Sunday. You know, I wonder if we could get some sort of like um, beer sponsor, celebrity. Oh. Yeah, I'd like to get a beer sponsor. I'm still working. I wonder on if we that. get some sort of celebrity, um, like Christmas show. Maybe we can get like Bernie Nichols to come on. Maybe Johnny Reed Foley, Dean you, Martin, and some of these guys. <laughs> Who? Dean Martin. Nah, he's dead. You want to get oh. people we respect and bring them on the air when you're hammered? You're barely tolerable sober. Well, yeah, but it would be fun. For us. That's all that matters, <laughs> well, right? That's about true. us. That's true. Right? Yeah, maybe we can get Johnny Reed Foley to call in and sing us some Christmas songs or something. That would be While awesome. we hammer beer. Hey, you know what I got for Christmas, I don't know, a couple of years ago? My daughter bought it for You know, my daughter's really into the music and everything. She got me the Bob Dylan Christmas CD. Ugh. Now, that was quite interesting. I mean, you listen to Bob Dylan singing Jingle oh, Bells. Oh, we in the manger. <laughs> <laughs> you do a pretty good Bob yeah. Dylan. It took four beers. I think we knew, know our yeah. new entrance music. He's just going to sing Bob Someday, Dylan. Someday, baby, and I like that song. That That is bad. Are you just going to start listing Bob Dylan songs now? No. I'm talking intelligently to, to Horace over here. <laughs> That's intelligence to you? I'm taking it as a compliment oh, Thank you. from both people. Thank you. Now they're, now they're teaming up again. Thank you. All right, we have left no time for takeaways. This show is an I absolute gave you a train wreck. Yeah, it wasn't a very good one, though. I like it. It's better than yours. You have, you have, have one. Left. Rick, is it time to pay attention to Malcolm Mitchell? <sighs> Boy, I don't know. I basically took a month and a half off there in the middle of right. the season. Last two games, a buck and a or, half and three touchdowns. Yeah, but or is it a flash in a pan? Is it a flash in a pan, or has Tom Brady found a weapon? Exactly. That's what I don't. I can't figure out. Bronx I can't figure hurt. it out. Yeah, you know, Edelman's been banged up. Hasn't been that. Edelman's dependable. been bad this year. Exactly, really bad. He could be somebody to pay attention. So I'm to. starting to wonder. I, I I have a hard time recommending starting him on a well, given week, but sometimes Brady will find a toy. One thing we know about New England. Brady doesn't worry about hurting your feelings. He finds a weapon, he's going to use them. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. And you're wondering with Gronk out and Mitchell showing the ability to get in the end zone, you wonder, this might be a guy to think about if it's if you're in a shoot-for-the-moon situation this week, so, something to that level. I, I don't know. I have a hard time. Here's another one. We'll get out of here on this. Here's a, What do you make of Mark Ingram? Let me read you this. These are just fantasy points rounded, rounded up. Right. Okay, so we don't have to do the fractionals. For the entire season. 10, 8, 22, 22, 16, negative 1, 34, 8, 10, 32. <laughs> what do you do if you got Mark Ingram on your squad? It's and, almost like you you do with the wide receivers when, with New Orleans. You pray. You put them in your lineup and pray. I think you're right. You, yeah. go, you go back to week 8, 5 yards, 158, 50, 28, 146. It just depends on what... The defense is giving Breeze. Right. You know, if, if they're trying to stop Drew Breeze, Mark Ingram runs wild. If they're trying to stop the run, Drew Breeze kills him. You know, pick your poison. And, and funny, you know, he puts up this big number. We talked a lot about Hightower on Sunday, and Hightower had a decent little game. Right. He justified a flex play, which is where we recommended him. But I, I recommended him as a flex play, thinking Ingram was sort of on the outs and he was nicked up, and we didn't even know till right before we went off the air that he was even playing. And then, bang, <laughs> just pow, he had this huge week. And I, I'm fully confident he probably scores negative points again ne- next week, or he 
puts up 40 again. I don't know what to do with it. The, these guys drive me nuts heading to the playoffs. It just drives you insane because they will knock you out of the playoffs. They will take a 10-3 and team and knock you out in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and, that, and that's a problem. I mean, Drew Brees will take you to a championship, but everyone around him May can kill, kill you. you. Although, I'll tell you what, Michael Thomas is burying Burying Brandon Cooks. I had that one written down as oh. well. The emergency. Brandon he, Cooks. Brandon Cooks had the zero. same amount of catches as you did last week. Zero targets. I like now every time I you think. say zero, you put it up to your eye and look at me. Every time you say the word zero, that's a. I like that. Well, I'm See practicing for video. <laughs> well, because video killed a radio star. Here we go with Chumbawamba, wasn't no, it? it was the Buggles. Yeah, with the acid and stuff. Imaginary insects. Exactly. All right, I think we're out of time here, so mercifully, let's end this segment. We will be back, wrap everything up here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Yes, it did, and welcome back to the Asylum here on the Arena Sports Network, and we thank Cletus for the Buggles. The Buggles, Coming yes, in with Video Killed a Radio Star. Hey, we hope you are enjoying our programming, and if you are, consider becoming a part of the Arena Sportsnet honor roll. Just log on to arenasportsnet.com slash ASN honor roll. All we ask is for a contribution of $5 per month to help keep our shows going. Help them make get better and continue to show all the true fans of Real Sports Talk how it's done. The funds will contribute to a new set of studios and equipment and make the quality better across all of our divisions. So consider that. If they want to make our show better, you might want to donate 10 bucks a month. You can afford it. Don't be a cheap 15, skate. 20, <laughs> you know, to help our show. Can't help. You know what's <laughs> annoying me, Rick? You probably never see this. There's this new th- gimmick, ESPNs. You know how ridiculous they go with their predictions and their statistics. Right. There's there's a thing on the ESPN app. Anytime you follow a game, like if I'm out on the road or at a holiday dinner or something, and I'm missing football games, you can get on this app and check the scores. It's just the ESPN app. Well, their new gimmick for every game, it doesn't matter if it's the NFL, college basketball, it doesn't matter. At the end, they have a win probability tracker. All right. What it is is this line graph, okay? And before the game, they'll decide the Steelers had a 75% chance of beating the Colts. 
And then this thing moves in real time with the game. So, like, every time the Steelers score, their win probability goes up. If the Colts score, the probability goes down, <laughs> and this line moves. And then at the end, like, they'll make the bold call, like the election. You know what I mean? They'll make the bold call wow. with 45 seconds to go and somebody up 40 that they now have 100% win probability. And they tout this as, like, they're predicting the outcome of games. It and you saw how that worked in the election, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Hillary Clinton had an 85% chance of winning the election, and and now safety Oops. pins are the hottest commodity. Safety pins? Oh, uh, you didn't hear about that? No. If you wear a safety pin, like on your cuff or on your collar or something, that means you're safe to talk to about what happened. About what happened when? Election time. <laughs> what? I need more explanation here. I, I don't have a safety pin on, but you can talk to me about the election. <laughs> it's never safe to talk to you. Participation trophies, that's all I'm saying. Oh. So basically, so that says you're... In other words, my feelings are all better now. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it's a fun world, isn't it? it really no, is. it's not. It's, 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 it's kind of funny. World. For somebody who's just bunkered down in this studio 22 hours a day, it's fun for me. I'm armed to the hilt. I got enough food for four years. I just sit back and watch the show. I enjoy it. I take it you don't. No. I, I, I I'm going to wear a safety pin. You think anybody around here, out in the boonies out here, anybody does anything like that? You've seen this? I have seen it, and I just shook my head. Is there somebody you could call out on the air? Can't you just point at them and pass. laugh? Uh, yeah, do you mock them in any way? No, unfortunately, they're a good friend, so... They wouldn't be a good all friend the, anymore. All the better. Wait, so this is a friend? Yes. Can we call this friend and discuss this with them? Yeah. Can we discuss Why? it with them? Considering the current circumstance, I'm going to pass. What's the current circumstance? Well, I think we know what the current circumstance is. Oh! <laughs> all right. So it's that... <laughs> well, you say I'm dense because I <laughs> don't get some a, of his He face. said a friend. Yeah, I didn't put because together... Because I don't get some of his hand signals... I mean, talk about hitting you in the head with a cement block and you just sit there, woo, it's right over there, man. I don't know. I was picturing another bearded guy wearing around a stupid paperclip or whatever he said. Well, maybe. No, well, that that could be it. Nah, not bearded. Well, without going diving too deep, that could be some. Maybe we could help. You know, Can we have this conversation? Yeah, you know, we could deal with the safety pin and what other issues come up, if you know what I mean. There's no other issues. Okay, well, maybe we should all talk. We'll have a chat. Let the asylum take care of I kind of feel of like we need coloring books. <laughs> the, the asylum can cover can solve so many problems in the offseason. Okay. But right now we have to get back to the tag. Yeah, you brought up Mitchell. You know, is he the real deal? Yeah. There's some other guys okay. out there. And some not as obvious, and some even more so. And, and I'll bring one up. Todd Gurley. Talk. I mean, you know, you spent a first-round pick on this cat. The top five pick on him. Or traded Beckham for him. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, there's only, only one dummy that would do that. And, and he's talking Doriel Green Beckham. <laughs> 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 but anyway, where do you go with a, with a, with a Gurley? I you think know, you, you got to keep playing him. 
You got to keep playing. It, it hasn't been. You know what? I was disappointed is how bad the numbers were last week. I really thought his numbers, his yards per carry, were starting to tick up a little bit. And then you get down to New Orleans and you think here's going to be his chance to run wild. Right. I don't. But the problem is, I don't think what they accounted for. But this could keep happening with this supposedly vaunted Jeff Fisher defense to go out and just get taken to the woodshed by Drew Brees. I want to bring up something just totally off track here. Well, you we don't up, do that here. You Rick. Bring, <laughs> not inside, and we don't. <laughs> you brought up Jeff Fisher. All right. Did you hear about oh, the, this thing with him and Eric Dickerson? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I saw a huge rant by Stephen Smith on ESPN about, you know. Well, he can zip it. I hate this that guy. This is your – well, and basically it was count. unanimous on the studio. This is your chance to get rid of Jeff Fisher. Ba-ba-da-ba-da, on and on and on. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Get rid of him because of this. This is one instance. And we've been awful critical of Jeff Fisher. Because well, he's a loser. This is one instance I'm going to stick up for Jeff Fisher. Okay, Eric Dickerson, I, I granted, he's probably the best Ram ever. You yeah, maybe but he can zip it. I'm with you. Save maybe Deacon Jones. He's a Hall of Famer. He's bashing the Rams. He's bashing Jeff Fisher and his coaching staff and, and the team itself. Yet he wants to walk around on the sidelines. Yeah. Jeff Fisher says, I don't want you here. You're allowed to come to the clubhouse. You're allowed to come to practices. You're allowed to come to the locker room. Just don't want you on the sidelines. Now everybody wants Jeff Fisher run out on a rail because they don't want Jeff or uh, Eric Dickerson, who is no longer employed by the Los Angeles Rams, right. wandering around on the sidelines <laughs> saying negative things. Talking junk. Now why is it Eric Dickerson who is in the right and Jeff Fisher in the wrong? Seems to me the head coach should have control of who's on the sideline. I don't care who the hell it is. If he's employed by the Rams, yes, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. And before I say what I'm going to say, let let it be known I 100% agree with you. Lest in your drunken stupor you turn on me here. No, no, I'm not but, in a drunken stupor. But the reason, I'll turn on you soberly. Yeah, but the reason is, quite frankly, because from a fan's perspective, True, I know Eric that. Dickerson is the greatest who has ever done it, I and Jeff that. Fisher is a big bag of nothing, right? He's I, a big bag of seven sure, and nine is sure, what he is. I, I, but I, I agree. I get that. If I'm Jeff Fisher. But if I'm the Rams, I think, I think it goes beyond the fans and all that. The Rams head office. You don't want Jeff Fisher here? Get him out of here. Yeah. But if he, you're employing him as your head coach, you stick by him until you don't want him anymore. Right, yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, and I have no issue. And it, Do I get the feeling this may be all a little overblown, number one? Yeah, I don't know. Look, An here, election story? Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> here, here's the thing. You know, all these players think they can do it better. If Eric Dickerson was a silly coach and a silly front office guy, he'd be doing those jobs for the Rams or somebody else, right? He's right, just a Hall of think. Famer. He's fully entitled to his opinion. He earned it. But at the same time, I agree 100%. If Jeff Fisher says, look, I recognize who you are. That's wonderful. That's great. However, however, if you're going to walk up and down my sideline and point out to everyone that I'm a loser, because I think even he knows he's kind of a loser, <laughs> but if you're going to walk up and down my sideline and point it out and then go on in front of any anybody who put a camera in their face, and I understand I heard on some radio show today that we could get Eric Dickerson on the show, that if you can get his phone number, he'll answer and he'll talk to you. <laughs> so he's the kind of guy who's at work on that, Cletus. Yeah. So he's the type of guy well, who I likes that, that spotlight. Now, you're pecking on that phone the whole show and I get Eric Dickerson on there now. 
But I understand he will talk to you, and he thinks he has an opinion, and, and he signals. wants it to be heard. So I have absolutely no issue with Jeff Fisher saying, no, not on my side. Right. Go up there with Cronky or, you know, and get ha- get house, do whatever you want to do. But down here, you're going to zip it or go away. I, I got no issue with that. I really don't. Yeah, and I, I just think that it's irresponsible that everybody jumps on Jeff Fisher for – saying that quite frankly right. I, I think that's uh you know i think we're actually way in the minority of sticking up oh, for yeah. jeff Fisher, oh, yeah. even though i think he should be out of there oh yeah i mean that's that's he not the issue eight years ago but that, <laughs> well, oh yeah that has nothing to do with eric dickerson <laughs> yeah, exactly all right just this is gonna sound weird to you rick let's interject a little fantasy football into this show no, before we come get out on of here. I, I know all i right. know just something different let's switch it up so here's what I'm wondering. Are you facing a win and you're in the playoffs, lose and go home, or are you in? Actually, I am in the playoffs, okay. but I am in a situation if I win, I win the division. All right. So you're playing for seeding. And if week. I lose, I'm in the wild card. All right. Yes. But you've been in the position a lot. You you love to not make the playoffs until week 13, generally. That's like your favorite thing to do in the world outside of being a drunk. So – what I'm curious, you're sitting here, you're going into week 13. What's your philosophy? Because no I fence. <laughs> nothing. Well, he's, he's pecking on the government phone. Yeah, Anyhow. It's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> trying yeah, to get right. Eric Dickerson. Yeah, he's getting I'm Eric sure Dickerson on the horn. So here's what I'm curious about, Rick, because we're going to see it Sunday worse than ever. Remember last Sunday was nothing, 45 Wendell's, Wendell Smallwood questions. Yep. Yeah. A billion of them. I think we got that one right for the most part. But we're going to get questions like that all week. It's going to be Malcolm Mitchell, Tyreek Hill, Wendell Smallwood probably again. Ryan Matthews still isn't. you got one game to win. Winning in, losing go home. You taking your chance on these high upside, lesser-known guys, or are you playing the guys that brought you to the 7-5 and five record that you're sitting with now that you have to have that one win to get in? What's your philosophy going in? Because i got to be honest, I've, I'm looking back, Rick. I don't remember ever being in this situation. My bit is to either be clear by three games or out by four. I don't think I've ever right. danced a lot. You know, at once every four years in, in the well, League of Consequence, I pop up and win a title, and then I miss the playoffs for a half a decade. Well, I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, actually uh, the guy in question and I were in, in conversation. We have played – this is the third year running – that we've played the last game of the year for the division title. Really? Yes. So it's oddity. It is. And And we've shuffled divisions and everything else, and it keeps happening. Yeah, we're always in the same division for some reason. But, yeah, this is the third year in a row that this comes down to the last game of the year for the division title. But, however, getting back to your question, I have to go with what got me there unless – Someone has really popped up in the last two or three weeks, something like that. Um, Williams for San Diego's one. Yeah, I mean, I think I. Well, be this has become him. a guy. Yeah, you're if welcome, Dean. Him. By the way, yeah, this, Dean. This has become a guy that. Well, he had him. I don't think we can claim that he had him in his lineup. We just verified that, so I don't want to throw our short, tear an AC joint, patting ourselves on the back on that one. But yeah, but he's a guy who all he does is score touchdowns, and he did it again last week. Oh, I'm curious. Let's just say you brought up you brought up Gurley, all right, and you've been playing him, and you've gotten to seven and five at this point. You're strong somewhere else. I can't think of a better example. I hate to use Smallwood because I really ain't buying him. 
But no. do you take a guy like that and insert him over Gurley, or do you take the eight points you know you're going to get from Gurley and hope whatever high end got you those seven wins is going to get you there? We're going to get these questions all day on Sunday. We're going to be bombarded by him Sunday. Well, it's more like um, a Gurley, or do you replace him with, say, like a Rob Kelly? Right, that's a good one. Okay, uh, something like that. That's a perfect example. Um, yeah, I, f- you know, I think you almost have to go to matchups and try to figure. So out you the- will play matchups that this week, to a certain extent. I mean, actually, I do have Rob Kelly on my League of Consequence roster. They're at Arizona. I'm not thrilled yeah, I don't with that at can, all. I don't think you can play him. I don't have any much choice. Isaiah Crowell's on a bye. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, and even if T.J. Yeldon was playing, he's playing Denver. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty much locked into a Rob Kelly, which doesn't really bother me. I think, quite frankly, I think Washington can move the football on anybody. I don't think they're going to try against that secondary in Arizona. I don't know how much success they're going to have running the ball, but I think they're going to try. That that Thanksgiving where Rob Kelly's numbers were so bad, that became just a keep-up-with-Dak game in the second half. as evidenced by Cousins thrown for nearly 500 yards in that game. That's what that game became. There was no effort to run the ball. He's probably not going to average three and a half yards a carry, but I'll bet you he gets 18. I think he does, because I think this is a close game. Probably, right? I, I think so. I would so. think so. Although, I don't know how they stopped David Johnson. Not to get off track, but David Johnson might run for 650 yards this week. Is there a more dominant back right now? A lot of people are saying Ezekiel Elliott is, but I think I'll tell you what. I'm more afraid of David Johnson than that. I am, too, because Ezekiel Elliott, look, taking nothing away from him, he's behind the best line in the NFL. That. Johnson is dynamic. Well, I love LA. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Here's I mean, the thing with Johnson though. He'll leave cleat marks on your D end when he runs through him and then he'll outrun your safety to the end zone. <laughs> this guy's true. just a physical freak. You're, you're just absolutely an absolute right. freak. You're right. It, there's no doubt. I mean, I'll give the slight edge to Johnson in that aspect. No doubt about that. So, I don't know. It's an interesting question. We just look maybe hopefully we've put Wendell Smallwood to to bed here. Yeah, hopefully. I, I, I don't know. But we're going to have a lot of those questions. A lot of, I think Malcolm Mitchell's going to come up a lot. Tyreek Hill's going to come up a lot. Now, I think the here we go. Tyreek Hill. All right. Say you've been plodding along with who's been a disappointment but not a total train. Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Marshall this week, you know, he got in the end zone last week, had some tough weeks, was fair at the beginning of the year. Brandon Marshall, Rick, or Tyreek Hill? One game. I think I'm going Hill. I'm, I'm going, I'm going Hill. to play the upside. I'm going Hill. I'm going to play the upside. I, I really am. I agree. I agree. I mean, and there, there's a lot of these guys out here. Spencer Ware at Atlanta this week. Should have a big game, but he hasn't really been running the Should, ball either. He hasn't been doing a whole lot. Um, you know, Frank Gore, surprising. You know, I was going to kind of include him in one of the surprise booms this year. You know, everybody writes him off as an old-timer, but with the Indianapolis Colts, He's put together, what, almost 900 yards, total yards, and he's got seven touchdowns. He's going at the Jets. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to run against – although even in bad matchups, he seems to find the end zone. And, and they've gotten to, him right. 
oddly, at 118 years old, all of a sudden he's become the part of a passing game. Not a huge part. He seems like he's got one chunk play every week in the passing game, which is something that, that really hasn't happened. All right, yeah. so how about this scenario, Rick? You know, we, my second game ball I didn't get to in the last segment for last week, and really for the last three re- weeks, Rick, how about Colin Kaepernick? All right, so now this week with what he's doing, throwing for three touchdowns last week against Miami, running for over 100 yards, now you've got him going into Chicago. A better defense than we think, but a bad team. So you got him. Where are you going to rank him? Who are you going to play him over? Tom Brady? No. Matt Stafford? Yeah. There, there are a lot of guys. Do you take the risk? You know, I mean, I we can on, play that game. Yeah, I guess you could just go through them all, you know, as I look at it. I mean, it. you're, you're – Normal guys, your Big Ben's, your Breeze, your Rogers, obviously no. Um, Blake Bortles at Denver, certainly. Hundred percent, certainly. Um, Russell Wilson. I think you have to think about it. Even more so, Cam Newton at Seattle. Well, I think I cap easily over Cam Newton. There, there you go, Andy Dalton. There's one losing weapons right and left with Bernard and AJ Green. Playing against a, a pretty stout Philadelphia defense, I don't know if Andy Dalton's your number one guy anyway. Eli here in Pittsburgh, you I kind of like, like Eli. You think he should ha- could should have a big game, but Willie, yeah, are I, the Giants for real? You mean not to get completely off topic? They got a six game winning streak, and that's impressive. No matter who you play in this league, it just doesn't happen that often. But they they did that through a soft part of their schedule. It gets a little tougher now. And as bad as the Steelers' defense has been, if he's trying to play keep up with Ben Roethlisberger, even against the Steelers' defense, who isn't a big takeaway team, I think he he's up for some picks. I, I, I really do. Oh, I like Pittsburgh in this game, don't get me wrong. But I like New York to make the playoffs just because, number one, the NFC North and West isn't nearly as strong. So no, they're no. going to get in whether they win that division or not, right. which you're probably not against Dallas. And we all know when the Giants get into the playoffs, they're a different team. Somehow, by hook or by crook, they seem to find a way to win. And New York's a dangerous team, I think. But I think the bottom line, to get back to where we're going, Colin Kaepernick, Rick's a top-ten guy this week. I think so. You know, you know, you look at Matt Stafford, but, but he's at New Orleans. You know, that game should probably be played in the 60s, right? That'll look like that New Orleans-New York Giants game last top year. Top ten maybe, okay, Let's play the game. We have a little bit of time. Drew Brees? No. Aaron Rodgers? Probably. No, not the way he's winging it. Matt Ryan? What's their matchup? Kansas City? (laughs) Where's it at? Atlanta? No. That was in Kansas City. I'd take him over. Mariota's on a bias. We let him go. Kirk Cousins at Arizona? I think I play Kaepernick there. Sam, I, I really like Kirk Cousins. I'm thinking about the touchdown numbers more than How the yards. How about Dak Prescott at Minnesota? Now, there's an interesting one there. Yeah. Are they going to win out? That's what I'm thinking. There's got to be a hiccup somewhere. But I keep saying it, and it never happens. And Prescott, you know, oh, I might play cap. But I, it's I might. interesting. Okay, Carr, Roethlisberger, Luck, we're going with those guys, right? Where's or Luck? At the Jets? At the Jets. Banged up. Coming I, back from... I play Colin Kaepernick over Andrew Luck, Rick. Jameis Winston and that San Diego? Kaepernick. 
Matt Stafford at New Orleans. That one's really close. That one's really close. But I'll tell you what, anytime there's a game where you think Stafford and the D- in Detroit should go out and put up 500 yards of offense and 40 points, it ends up being yeah. a 19-16 game. I think I take Kaepernick over Stafford. This is a game to get in the playoffs. I think that's where this is important. Phil Rivers Kaepernick. at home. Kaepernick. Okay, Tyrod Taylor at Oakland. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Cam Newton at Seattle. We brought that Kaepernick. up. Kaepernick. Hey, Kaepernick's He may be up. a top eight guy. Top Eli, eight guy. Eli at Pittsburgh. I think I play Kaepernick. I got a weird feeling about Eli struggling this week. I don't know what it is. It's just a tingle. All right. I'll tell you what. Well, I think well, we beat that dead horse. Yeah, it it's is. interesting. It's long dead. It's interesting that that's even a conversation. It is, but I tell you what, they hit your wagon to that. Loser. Even though they're losing, you know he's putting up points. Yeah, I mean he's he's athletic. There's no question about that. But you know what? Don't forget about the new Arena Sportsnet Podcast Center that opens for business on December fifth, and is presented by Wrist Candy Plus. Wrist Candy Plus. Looking for some great gifts for your friends for Christmas? Then visit Facebook and search Wrist Candy Plus and get your Christmas shopping done today. Very nice. All right, we got five minutes left, Rick. I don't want to get you wound up again. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. For no reason, Rick Briggs just threw up the, the salute, if you know what I mean, to poor Cletus over in the Single control bird. room. Minding his own business and just threw it he up there. He wasn't his own business. <laughs> he was. I, I, I was doing my job. It was once again, he was counting me down, and you took personal offense to it. <laughs> Why does that bother you so much? And he lets me know how long we have to talk. And, you, and, and you're just totally oblivious to his friend's story, so don't, don't even talk to me about that. <laughs> the fact that I'm stupid doesn't mean you're not being an a-hole, all right? It's, it's but I apples always and oranges. am. <laughs> well, right? that's true. But it's just a unprompted attack i don't understand why this hurts your feelings so bad anyhow while you're wound up i don't want you screaming i still don't know what you were yelling about the last live show with the college football playoffs so here we sit okay alabama obvious yeah i think ohio state obvious Obvious. clemson obvious so unless they lose well unless they lose right now we all agree well if if you're talking about losing i think right now clemson washington's in if they win out Okay. Simple as that. I if think- Washington loses, is it Michigan or is it the winner of that Big Ten game? We know they're going to put Michigan in because they want Michigan in. These results have been predetermined. And that loss to Iowa boned it. Seek, sneaky suspicion if Wisconsin wins, they get in. Okay. If Penn State wins, they throw in Michigan. That's just my hunch. Because that's what I wonder. Because they dominate Penn State. Right. When you look at it, so Penn State, even if they win the if they win the Big Ten, do you put them in over a Michigan team that they played head to head and got trucked by? Of course it wasn't the first two weeks of the season. I mean, you know, some of this stuff kind of uh <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Kind of, you know, this is this is all right. Zeke so hold here. on. So it doesn't hurt Rick's feelings, Cletus. How much time do we have left in the show? We have about four and a half minutes. Okay, is that better? Do you want to do that every ten minutes? It doesn't matter. I can flip mob every ten <laughs> minutes. It makes no difference to me. I'm okay with either. <laughs> Unbelievable the but, weird things that bother you. Washington, if they win out, they have to give it to them, right? I mean, they're not going to put in three Big Ten teams. 
They'd like to if they could. They would love to, but they're not going to. And you know what? It also opens the door to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Yeah, because they're playing that fake conference championship game. It's not actually – what do they call it? They had some weird name for it. They're not even calling it the Big 12 championship game. There's some weird name they're calling it. Yeah, I don't know. Just this made-up game at the end of the year. But I think a lot has to happen. Like Oklahoma would have to dominate Oklahoma State. Washington would have to lose. Clemson would have to lose. Right. Right? So you would have Alabama, Ohio State. Well, yeah, we didn't have to have two of them lose. I guess yeah. Clemson. I've got to think Clemson's in there. Clemson's tough. I would think even if they'd lose. And they're a draw. They're a draw. They're they're. Uh, now, who do they play? Uh, Virginia Tech. They could lose to Virginia Tech. They could lose Virginia Tech. Now, they, could, they, they could beat will. Virginia Tech by 40, but sometimes – Virginia Tech's a weird team. You you watch one week they look like they're national title contenders, right? And then there's weeks they just look terrible. And they've done that the last two or three seasons. But I think Clemson's in either way. What, what Washington, you'd better win, obviously. But but I think unfortunately for Penn State fans, which I am clearly not as a Pitt guy, and for Wisconsin fans, I'd be fearful because this team this committee is looking for any excuse to put Michigan back in that game. Oh, yeah. Three minutes. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. They want Michigan in that game. There's just no question about it. I think it's ridiculous. I'm I'm sorry. As good as they've played, and they beat both those teams in the Big Ten title game head-to-head, here's what it comes down to for me. Is Michigan a better team than all but Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State? Yes. They're probably the fourth best team in the nation. Here's what they did. They went out and they lost two of their last three games. Albeit close to Ohio State, and it was a valiant effort that you went to Iowa and you lost. Two of your last three games in November you lost. Right. I'm sorry. I don't care what the ratings are. You don't deserve and to be in the And you know what? Game. There's another consideration a committee takes. If Clemson would happen or say Washington would happen to win but lose – their starting quarterback, or something like that, they can eliminate them yeah. just because they don't think, okay, they won't this, be competitive. this isn't the same team. Michigan's not the same team they were. Yeah, I agree 100%. They don't have the foothold Ohio State does. Well, it'll be interesting to see this week with all the conference championship games that you hate. We'll see how that turns out. I agree. So, so the tune's coming in now, my, see, now, in my cans cool. here, Rick. Tell this me. This is nice. I am not doing anything offensive to Cletus now. <laughs> You'll still flip him off. But that's it. Thank you for joining us here on the Asylum. Check us out Sunday morning. Like it or not, they will be studying this man in 50 years in school. <laughs> that speaks volumes about our education system. Hey, we study Bach and Beethoven and all the greats. He's a great. Wow. All right. Cletus, do you concur? I do. Are you done? Can I do the plugs and go home? No. Thanks for joining us here at the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Check us out Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio and AsylumFantasySports.com. We'll be back next week, eight o'clock Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. For Cletus, for the drunken old fool Rick Briggs, I am Rick Fligger. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Did he ever go pick up his Nobel? He's not going. He's been. Did they send him? Remember, they couldn't find him to give him a check. Did they ever find him? Well, they haven't had a ceremony yet, but he said he can't make it. He he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled the battle outside region. 
We'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing And the laptop goes down. <laughs> Good night, all. What did he say? They cut that out a long time ago. He said...